that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Sports Talker here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Hope your day is going well. Plenty to talk about today. First, let's start with the situation at Fern Creek High School. Uh, a lot of a lot I, I wanted to say about this when the news first broke a little over an hour ago. Uh, as For those that aren't currently up to date or aware of the latest uh the high school students are a, are able to be picked up uh, by their parents. There was one student who was shot with non-life-threatening injuries. He was transported to the hospital. His parents or his or her parents have been notified. The shooter has not been found. Uh, police are suggesting that the shooter, uh, a- directly after the incident, fled the fled the campus, fled Fern Creek's campus, and as of right now, they do not know who did it. Uh, Plenty of reports from students out there saying what caused the incident, uh, what started it. Wait till the police release official statement on exactly what went down in that situation before I start talking about rumors. Uh, It it appears that all the teachers at at Fern Creek appear to be okay. Um, obviously a very sad situation, very close to home for those listening in Louisville and Kentucky. It's got a, it's again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go on a long rant about what needs to be done in this country because I don't know. I don't know myself. Uh, I don't know what the best solution is to some of these issues, but it seems like over the past five five or maybe seven years, you, there's a reason to feel unsafe walking around the United States. Whether it was the theater shooting in Colorado or countless school shootings since then, it's not crazy to feel that something like that could happen at a place that you're at. And now with this, the shooting at Fern Creek, it really brings it close to home and something needs to be done. Again, I, people were asking me on Twitter what I think or, or what should happen. I don't know. I, I'm not a politician. I don't have the answers to such a complicated big question like that. Uh, I Obviously, I, I, don't, I think that you need to protect the Second Amendment. That doesn't mean that you can't have gun control to some extent. I don't want to get into that. So many people are so passionate about it and know more about that issue, about the Second Amendment issue than I do. I don't think the answer is taking guns away. But to regulate certainly couldn't hurt. Maybe you keep a police officer at every school in America uh, that would uh, that seems almost unrealistic maybe too much maybe you have a metal detector that students have to walk through I know some schools already do have that maybe that can help again I don't know all the answers but something needs to be done and and there's not going to be a presidential election 
for another two years. But it's crazy to think that this isn't a big issue that's brought up amongst politicians to help keep schools safe. And it's not just schools, obviously. It could be anywhere. And people often say the argument against that is, well, you can't help what one crazy person is going to do. Crazy people are going to be crazy. Well, you can – doesn't mean you shouldn't try, and you shouldn't try to help them and help – and sniff out any problem before it occurs – Brun DMC texts into the show and says, gun violence, violence isn't necessarily higher. The media just sensationalizes it a lot more than it used to. And it had almost seemed like, dating back over the past year, that the media had st- began to tone down issues with gun violence, especially in schools or, or, or in the community. And... I thought, hey, maybe that would help because it is. You do see if there's a shooting somewhere, it gets blown up into this big thing. And unfortunately, some students or kids or it can even be adults in the workplace. Some people realize what kind of attention that story is getting and they think that they can replicate it to get their message or to get their story or their uh, problems out there. Brun DMC texts back in and says, gun homicide rate is down 49% since its peak in 1993. That being said, Brun DMC, school shootings have to be at an all-time high. They just have to. There's no way you can get rid of all the guns. I don't think that's the answer, like I said. But effort needs to be shown in, in, in helping make campuses safer. Community safer. Just effort. Something needs to be shown where it it steps in the right direction or being taken. And and this is obviously an issue that will never 100% be resolved. But it seems like nothing has been done as far as – and there could be and maybe I don't know about it. But it almost seems nothing's been done in the past decade to try to make the – to make these situations – occur less. So as of right now, it's it's refreshing to hear that there's no, no life-threatening injuries at this time at Fern Creek. It seems that the situation is under control, excuse me, with the exception of the shooter not being located. But hopefully we'll find out more details, what, why this happened, and, uh, and like I said, hopefully steps to get this under control. And that being said, this Fern Creek incident in itself is a, is a, is a terrible incident that should be taken as serious as any shooting throughout America. A, a gun was fired in a high school shot by a student hitting a student. And I, I, I'm not comparing the incidents. I'm not going to be, I'm not trying to be insensitive and in comparing the incidents of the UK football players that were, that were suspended four games. I'm going to talk a lot more about that during the show. Those incidents aren't 
comparable because UK football players, it was a mistake. They weren't out to hurt anybody. And they didn't have a real gun. Now, again, what they did is not okay and is unacceptable. And again, I'll talk more about that. I'm not trying to compare the two incidents. But both these circumstances happening so close to home is frightening. To receive a to receive texts and tweets on Sunday night talking about UK's campus is on lockdown after gunshots were reported. That's why the UK football players, that's why it's a problem. Go back to Sunday night when you heard about that happening versus around 1.30 today when you heard about the news of Fern Creek. When you hear that a school or a campus is on lockdown because gunshots reported or heard, your heart instantly should sink. I know plenty of people that still go to UK that live in Lexington. Obviously, the media members that work on UK's campus day in and day out. And late Sunday night, I I wasn't worried necessarily about them being on campus, but that's beside the point. There's people that I've got a cousin that goes to UK. It's close to home. When you hear about a lockdown happening, that's terrifying. And of course, facts come out and details come out. And we still don't know all the facts about what happened with the UK football players on Sunday night. But that's, but that's beside the point. The point is that situation occurred just like it did at Fern Creek today. Now, obviously, Fern Creek's proved to be more serious. Somebody, a shot was actually fired from a, a, an actual gun. Somebody was hit. And, and, and thank the Lord that that person will be okay, seemingly. But that initial reaction of fear... And realizing, even if you don't know anybody at Fern Creek, and even if you don't know anybody at UK, it's close to home. And, and it, it, can, it, it and even if it happens across the country, your initial reaction and thought should be worried. So again, moving a little bit towards the UK football players, when they did that, when they fled the scene, we don't, again, we, we don't know all the facts, but... When they fled the scene and they had and they threw out this airsoft gun, they were scaring people. And whether or not I'm sure I'm not sure, but I, I I would hope they wouldn't be doing that on purpose. I hope that they were just thinking that they were walking around with an airsoft gun to shoot things. And I I you hope that they had the most innocent of intentions. But even with those thoughts. It's still such a serious, serious, scary scenario that they they created themselves. Ditching the gun, running away, all those things. Whatever they did to, to make people call the police thinking that a gun was on campus or shots were fired. And again, I don't know how an airsoft gun can sound like an actual gun. I don't know. Again, all the facts will be will be brought forward. But creating that, that, that fear and that situation to have cops and, and campus PD and ambulances and firefighters drive through all throughout campus and force UK to send out tweets and emails, that alone is enough to get them in trouble.
So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see all the facts come out. It does seem that they can be uh, or, or may be charged with disorderly conduct. And I, and I think that's fitting. Again, we'll we'll need to see all the all the facts. But Stanley Williams, Dorian Baker, Drew Barker, and Tymir Du Bois will be suspended for the South Carolina game, and it could be more than that. And if it happens to be more than that, I I I think that's fitting. I I don't think they should be kicked off the team. I don't think they they should be suspended the rest of the year. Depending, unless you know, you find out that they are walking around campus, pulling out the gun on people, making it seem like it was a real gun. And unless they were doing some some pretty wicked things, I think a few games is a is a reasonable suspension. You don't joke around with guns on campus, and you don't compare these two situations, but you can you can connect them in some circumstances because you don't joke around with guns on campus. You don't add, you don't make it a trivial happening because you see what happens at a place like Fern Creek. It can all, it can be all too real, even when you joke around with it like that. So they'll be suspended and and we'll have more time. We'll have plenty of time to talk about what the suspension means for UK and dissect how that could hurt their chances against South Carolina. But as of right now, that doesn't necessarily seem all that important. Had the Fern Creek incident not happened, then we could be talking about that all day. But you almost feel, I don't, uh, lucky is not the right word, but you almost feel refreshed that it, it, it did turn out to be a false alarm for the UK, for UK's campus. But there's a much bigger problem going on, on whether it's at, on UK's campus, at Fern Creek, throughout the country. It's horrifying, and you know, every I I know most of my friends that listen to the show, and uh, a lot of I'm sure I have a, a a semi younger demographic for listeners. Most of you all who recently attended college, and and you know, Yates. Sometimes I I joke about your age, but you're not too far off. But I, I again, I don't know if you had these type of incidents when you were going to college, but. Graduating a year and a half ago and going to school after Virginia Tech and, and after so many enduring so many uh, horrific shootings, I didn't feel safe on UK's campus. I don't know if there was an easy way to prevent – I don't know if there was a way to make me feel safer. But at the end of the day, if, if somebody wanted to – create a national tragedy in Lexington, they could have. They, it could have happened in my classroom. Now, I didn't walk around campus in constant fear worrying about that because you can't. Because if you did that, you'd be doing it every day. But I, I didn't feel that there was any certain measures taken to help my safety on UK's campus. Yes, they've got But if somebody wants to bring a gun in a classroom, one, I would never know, and, and nobody in the class would ever know. 
And if they had the worst of intentions, then that would be it. Again, I don't know the solutions. I don't know all the answers. But it is scary to think about. And, and you know, well, I, it, it feels weird saying that I was lucky to survive college without any incidents. And, and when I went there, there was plenty of plenty of robbings right on campus, right off campus. Students were robbed and, and mugged. And, and, you know, that will happen at any big-time college. But I, I feel weird saying I was lucky that I didn't have any incidents. But I, I really couldn't imagine... And, and I do have a a friend that that teaches at Fern Creek, or and just even worrying about their safety was awful. Was an awful feeling. So I couldn't imagine you having a kid that went to Fern Creek, or having a kid that went to UK and lived on South Campus Sunday night when you heard this news. So I, I don't know what the solution is, and I, and I don't know what the answer is, but it, it, this is troubling times, and the Fern Creek News today just brought it way too close to home. You know, on Sunday night when it happened in the UK, that was, you had the same emotions, you had the same feelings, you thought to yourself, too close to home, this is ridiculous, this is awful, and then it turned out to be a false alarm, and you were able to kind of breathe and realize, okay, well, that's. I'm glad nothing happened, but you still don't even like to hear about that stuff happening so close to home. And then sure enough, the next day, two days later, the actual thing happened. So we'll get more details from that, and we'll, and we'll learn more, maybe learn more while the show's going on. People are, a lot of students are tweeting, and, and some teachers are tweeting that it has to do with an iPad. They were one person was buying it versus and selling an iPad, and something caused a student to open fire. Just ridiculous to think that that can happen in our high schools. Anyways, we're gonna head to our first commercial break. We're gonna come back and we're actually gonna talk some sports. Uh, we'll we'll update news on this Fern Creek incident. You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. And we're back. 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll talk more sports throughout the show here, I promise. Yates, how are you today? Doing all right. Doing all right. My puppy finally completed all of his puppy shots. So there's no more trips to the vet from here on out until it's time to get him neutered. So that'll be a, a big day for him whenever that we decide that that day is going to happen. Uh, but for now, he's just he's all done. He's allowed to go play with as many other dogs as he wants. Go to the dog parks. He's an official, real uh, he's gotten his rabies shots, so whatever that means. Um, uh, terrible fantasy weeks for me, both both leagues. One, the one league that I lost by 0. .24 points about two weeks ago. That that 
it's, it's really falling apart for me. Uh, <laughs> Reggie Bush, Joy Bell shared backfield running back tandem is a disaster. My bench is as ugly as could be. My best bench player is maybe Chris Johnson. That's actually probably Josh Gordon, but he's not going to be playing for a very long time. It's a keeper league, and outside of Josh Gordon, I don't have anybody else that's worth a keep whatsoever. I traded Marshawn Lynch in a desperation panic. So my fantasy team is falling apart. I'm 1-3 and three on the year. I've dropped three straight. Momentum's at an all-time low. I'm going to need some sort of miracle to get things going moving forward. I hope your fantasy team's going well. Uh, for all those listening out there, we had somebody in our league. And again, this is a league that's been together 10 years. There's a lot of pride that goes into this league, along with uh, a decent amount of money at the start. One of our league members, who's widely considered one of the better fantasy owners in the league, the average team probably puts up 120 points a week. Good performances, obviously, will be more. Uh, if you have a bad week, it'll be less. For for example, how bad of a week I had, I put up 90 points. The Whoever had the best week put up 201, uh, which is a crazy amount, easily the highest of, of this season. He just so happened to play our buddy Big Bag Dave, who's been on the radio show. Big Bag Dave put up 49 points in an all-time fantasy league low. Was defeated by 152 points, which 152 points would have been the second highest scoring week. I mean, an absolute disaster for Big Bag Dave, and I couldn't be happier. Just really, really good stuff. And he's got a really good team. He's he's got a bad record. He's one and three like I am, but he was go heading into this week, I think top two in points. So just a terrible week. He started Kirk Cousins, who did nothing. Julio Jones had an okay game. Andre Johnson had a pretty bad game. LaShawn McCoy is in some sort of funk, only putting up two points. Started Sean Green. Zach Ertz didn't do anything for him. Crabtree had an okay game, but not a great game by any means. New Orleans kicker only put up four points in Chicago's defense, which was a really dumb start. Why would you start Chicago's defense in that situation? They put up negative one. So all in all, just an awful, awful week for him. Really funny to see it happen. I mean, it's just the uh, for on the other side, our buddy, our buddy Phil just put up a monster week. Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb combined for sixty-three points for him. Those two players alone, you could combine any of his two offensive players. Well, Aaron Rodgers and almost any of his any other of his offensive players, with the exception of Sammy Watkins and Rodgers and that other player, would have combined to beat. Big Bag Dave. Crazy. So Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins was his worst player, but that would have been Big Bag Dave's second best player. DeMarco Murray, huge day. Frank Gore, that surprised me, had a huge game. Martellus Bennett, Chicago tight end, and Ruben Randall, who, who 
probably shouldn't have had a big game. Ended up having an all right game. So funny week for our fantasy league. Brun DMC tweets into the show to say, did Big Bag Dave drink more beers than his fantasy team had points this past weekend? I actually did hang out with Big Bag Dave both nights this weekend, and I would say it was probably pretty close. <laughs> so he had to, he would have had to have 49 beers. Yeah, it was probably right around there. And also, he didn't go to the UL tailgate either, so it, it could have been a lot more. It, the beer total could have been drastically more had he gone to the Louisville tailgate. Speaking of tailgating, Saturday is going to be the day to be in Lexington. Uh, it should be an unbelievable crowd at UK's football game. Again, they're asking everybody to wear black. I don't think that's a great idea, but that's what they're going to do. As for me, though, and also Keeneland, I forgot to mention Keeneland, part of the reason why it's going to be such a, a great tailgating day is you're going to be able to go to Keeneland and tailgate and make it a nice little doubleheader. I will not be, it's looking like I won't be in Lexington for either. Which really bums me out. Now, if you would have told me that I didn't have to work the UK-South Carolina game, I would have told you, I guarantee I'm going to be at Keeneland. It's going to be an awesome, Keeneland's just the best experience out there. Horse racing, gambling, beers, cigars, perfect weather. Might be a little chilly on Saturday, but that's even that's even better. But with the Pelicans and the Miami Heat playing at the KFC Yum Center this Saturday, I'm going to cover that. Instead, it's looking like, assuming that my credential gets processed, but hopefully that won't be an issue. And that will be fun to cover. Uh, NBA games are fun. Any sort of basketball sporting event at the KFC Yum Center is fun. Obviously, I won't be able to to drink and, and, and go to the game as a fan, I'll be covering it, which is fine. The Yum Center has great media food, and that's generally all that I care about. It's also nice that i not living in Lexington anymore. I don't have a place to stay up there, so it's nice that I don't have to drive home from Lexington to Louisville at 2 in the morning on Saturday. So instead, I'll be at the Yum Center. I'll be able to watch the UK game while it's going on. Uh, the basketball and the football game will be going on at the same time, but I'll have it on my computer. And then I, I won't be getting done too late. But I, I am excited about the chance of being able to cover an NBA game. Talk to Darius Miller and Anthony Davis again. So I do look forward to being able to do that. But that the, the environment in Lexington on Saturday is going to be... It, 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 UK fans listening out there, uh, I'm curious when you think they're the equivalent of Saturday's atmosphere is going to be for years past for UK. Is it the, you know, the Kentucky Louisville game last year was exciting, but it was a noon game. Louisville was a big favorite. I think everybody knew that they were going to be able to win that game. The Louisville game two years before that, not as much excitement. Solid atmosphere. You, in 2011, you had some solid games. The Tennessee game was a good atmosphere, but just not the buildup like this South Carolina game. So it seems like there will be cheap tickets. And I talked about 
last week on Saturday, how uh, before Saturday on Friday of last week's show, how Kentucky just needed a, a solid attendance. It didn't have to be quite a sellout, but you needed to show Stoops uh, that it would be better than the past two games, that you appreciated their effort at Florida. You wanted to see them, support them, try and get their first SEC win in 17 years. But I didn't set the bar too high. It just had to be better than what it had been, which historically what it had been the last for the UT Martin Ohio game were traditionally some of the wor- some of the worst attended games in Commonwealth Stadium history. So I didn't set the bar too high, and they 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 did enough. UK's fan base did enough Saturday Commonwealth Stadium. For Saturday's game, Saturday's game against South Carolina, I am setting the bar at Olympic world records height. It better be – you better not be able to see one empty seat or one empty bleacher. Throughout Commonwealth Stadium Saturday night, and I don't think you will, but you can't get anything less than that. You cannot – this moment for UK football is huge. You're sitting at three and one on the year, one and one in the SEC East. South Carolina, which I wouldn't say is a rival, but really anybody you play in the SEC East is, is somewhat a rival. A team that you played close down in Columbia last year. They're struggling. A chance for UK to move to four and one on the year, be just two wins away from bowl eligibility. And you still got Louisiana Monroe on the schedule, which is no pushover, that's for sure. But you'd imagine that could get it to five and one. So then you just got to find a way to win one of your last five games and you can go bowling. That's the situation that you see Saturday. Clay V116 texted in the show and said, what's it like to defect from the big blue nation? And he said, choosing a non-UK event over a big UK event, shaking my head. And he said, when I when I said that I shouldn't, you shouldn't expect any empty seats in Commonwealth Stadium, he said that you, my seat will be empty. Clay, I don't go to UK games and, and cheer for UK. I go there as a working media member. And yes, I'm going to miss seeing that atmosphere and seeing that environment and likely missing a, a very good game between two solid SEC teams. But you got to think of it, Clay, from a from a content standpoint. If I went to Lexington, I would only write one, one and a half stories, maybe. If I go to this event in Louisville, I'll get an Anthony Davis story. I can get a Darius Miller story, maybe maybe one or two other stories, just based on how the game goes, how the attendance goes. Another reason I'm a huge advocate of NBA eventually coming to Kentucky. So I want to be able to cover that and see how that goes. It is unfortunate that Kentucky plays at the exact same time because I'm sure plenty of Kentucky fans would have liked to would have liked to been there at, for this event. So I am going to regret missing this UK South Carolina game and missing the atmosphere. I will be watching still. It's just from a work standpoint, we can get we can get more if we have two people covering the South Carolina-UK game, and one person covering this Pelicans heat game. So don't you fret, little Clay B116. It was strictly a business decision. Also, it's dangerous to be driving that late, Clay B116. 
can't have me out on the roads at on 64 at 2.30 to 3 o'clock in the morning. So I will regret that. And not much has really been made about that NBA game on Saturday. And maybe it's because I'm sure LeBron James leaving Miami has something to do with it. Back when this game was announced, the idea of having LeBron James come to the Yum Center and take on Anthony Davis seemed like a really cool idea. And I and I, I think if you're a UK fan or a Louisville fan, it should still be very appealing to you. One, you'll get a glimpse at Shabazz Napier, uh, who I expect will get booed on Saturday. Two, you get to see Anthony Davis, Darius Miller, again, fan favorites for that will go down forever in UK history. And now you got Russ Smith on the Pelicans. Yates, are, are Louisville fans getting excited about Saturday night's game? Have you heard any buzz from 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 Card Nation on if they plan on attending? Um, I mean, I haven't specifically heard any myself, but I would I would imagine there would be all kinds of Louisville fans there with Russ in attendance. I know I know my parents and my sister are going, so there's at See, least I, a few Louisville fans will be there. I'm sure there will be plenty of Louisville fans with Louisville playing Friday night. There's really not too much going on Saturday from a Louisville fan standpoint. And if Louisville were to lose to South Carolina, I could just see more Louisville fans going to the Yum Center just to just to feel good about themselves for a little bit. Maybe look up the national title banner and get away from football for a, for a day or a weekend. So I, I do think it's going to be a solid crowd. I was going to buy tickets for this game when they came out. Uh, it seemed like it was during the winter when the tickets came out. Tickets were kind of expensive and then I thought to myself uh Saturday in the fall I might have to be covering football and even then I thought eh, maybe I'm gonna have to cover this game anyways so I shouldn't buy tickets but I, I had a lot of UK fans and friends that that bought tickets I knew I uh, plenty of them did so I, I do think it's gonna be a solid crowd the UK game obviously is gonna Makes it a little bit harder. I wonder if they'll be given updates, more updates at at the Yum Center, or, or if, even if we'll be on the TVs in the concourse. I'm I'm curious to see how that works. But it should be a fun atmosphere. I know UK fans love any chance they can watch U- former UK players, current UK players play basketball, and also get a chance to drink beer. So that'll be the case on Saturday. It's a much better week of college football. Last week was a little stale. It's only Tuesday. We've got plenty of time to talk about that. Louisville with a big game against Syracuse on Friday night. Which that line is just plummeting the longer uh, as more money comes in on that game. Louisville, I think, started at around a seven-point favor. That's down to two and a half. Still some questions about who's going to start a quarterback for Louisville. But this kind of seems like the typical game Bobby Petrino will find a way to win. When all the attention's on uh, kind of negative towards Louisville and even some of his Arkansas teams, and it seemed like they might get upset or beat, this might be a game that I, I, I think they end up winning. Clevy116 says he always chooses UK games over work, has almost got fired many times. <laughs> no excuse. Clay V116, it would be work for me either way is the thing you're not understanding. Either I go to UK and I, I work that game or I work the game in Louisville, which is a 10-minute drive for me, and I get home at a decent hour 
and able to catch the end of the UK game. Or I go to UK, I work that game, get jealous that I didn't go to Keeneland all day. I didn't get to go to Keeneland all day. Cover the UK game. If UK were to win, then I, you could justify me being there because you're going to want as much content from that win as possible. Brett Dawson and Alex Forkner will do a fantastic job regardless, but you'd maybe like another body there if UK pulls off the upset and wins. Maybe. But if they were to lose, Kentucky were to lose, then a lot of fans aren't going to read stories about a losing effort regardless. Most, most UK fans and most fans of any team, when their team loses, they want to forget about it. They don't want to re- be reminded of it and read it, read about the loss. Now, there's always exceptions. There's fans that will read anything, win or lose. They want to hear what the players had to say, and that's, that's fine. But for the majority, when, it, when their team loses, they don't, want to, they don't want to relive it. So if Kentucky were to lose and we had three people there and we didn't have anybody covering the Anthony Davis, Darius Miller event, then we'd be missing out on content. So, Clay B116, again, just a business decision. Relax. But like I was saying, it should be a, a more entertaining college football day on Saturday. Alabama and Old Miss is, I think, one of the better games of the day. But you also have LSU and Auburn, Texas A&M and Mississippi State. A lot of, a lot of un undefeated teams in the SEC going at it. Uh, big day in the SEC West, obviously. LSU does have a loss. Texas A&M and Mississippi State, I think, are, are really two good teams. So it'll be, and then obviously you got Kentucky and South Carolina, a, a very important game in the SEC East. So it should get much better for this Saturday. And one thing that I haven't even mentioned at all and you got Florida, Tennessee, too, which used to be the most important SEC game possibly of the season. Forgot to mention that. That game's at noon. I think that tells you a little something about how far that game has fallen and both those programs have fallen, although it seems like Tennessee's on the rise, not so much with Florida. The one thing I haven't even mentioned all week is it's St. X Trinity week. And 1450, the sports buzz will be live at overtime right by Papa John's Cardinal Stadium on Friday as St. X and Trinity fans and alumni tailgate for Friday night's annual matchup. Yates, did you ever have any dog in the St. X Trinity fight? No, not really. I'm a public school kid. Did you ever go to the? Have you ever been to that game? Um, I think I may have been once back in college, perhaps, but I, I honestly can't remember specifically if I did or not. <laughs> oh, those college day eights, who can remember anything, you know? <laughs> oh, um, I, 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 Louisville playing at the same time. I wonder what that's going to do to the attendance to St. X and Trinity's game on Friday night. Uh, but that's always a, the best high school rivalry in the country, certainly in Louisville. I know Mayo Emanuel students and alumni will will beg the differ, but it doesn't get it doesn't get better than St. X and Trinity. And, and while St. X's football program has maybe taken a bit of a drop, still tons of pride go into that game. And 
uh, everything I've followed with high school football this year, I think St. X has a, a, a solid chance to be able to pull the upset. But we'll talk more about that game later in the week. We're going to head to our last commercial break. We'll come back after these short messages and finish up today's show. This is 1450 The Sports Buzz, The Sports Talker with TJ Walker. To the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. One final segment here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We have talked a, a lot of uh, not as much sports as I would like to uh, in a normal show. Obviously, starting the first segment talking about the shooting at Fern Creek High School. Again, not not a lot of updates going on there. And uh, if any break here in this final segment, I, I will I will talk about them and let you all know. But as of right now, it seems that they're still gathering all the information, all the details. It, it does seem that they've been able to identify a suspect who, again, is on out and about, still has not been um, – isn't in custody, a 15 or 16 year old black male wearing a gray hoodie is what, is what they were identifying and saying that that's what he looks like. It's just sad to hear somebody so young, one being shot. I have to imagine the, the person that he shot is that age and also just being able to do something so horrific in a school atmosphere that will undoubtedly when he's caught will undoubtedly change his life. But moving on from that and, and tomorrow's show and, and as the details get settled out, it, it, you know, we'll be able to move on about it. And I, and I do want to talk about Kentucky and their football players that were suspended. And we had talked about on the show yesterday that regard, even before, obviously before this Fern Creek thing had happened, regardless of their intentions, they were going to fl- face some sort of discipline if it were football players and we, and we said that they needed to come clean and admit what they did. And again, we don't know. I don't know if they did that themselves or if police were able to identify them and say, Hey guys, we know this is you all admit to what you all did. More details will come out. And when those details do come out, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about what their loss means for Kentucky uh, for depending on how long they're out. As of right now, they're out for the South Carolina game, and it's a, it's a significant loss. There's no way around it. And maybe tomorrow, when some of all the all the dust settles down with everything that's been going on, we'll we'll go into it. we'll talk a little bit more about why it's such a big loss and and if it's even too big for UK to overcome. I don't think that's the case, but we'll talk more about that. Patriots absolutely got blitzed yesterday on Monday Night Football. I didn't watch a lot of that game. One, I didn't have any fantasy interest. I didn't really care. A little, I'm a little depressed with what's been going on with fantasy lately. So uh, my NFL football watching was probably at an all-time low on Sunday and certainly didn't watch a lot last night. But it's 
it's going to be an interesting year. I still feel that the AFC is not that great. I think the Patriots were a, a popular Super Bowl pick for a lot of people. They haven't looked good. Tom Brady's looked awful. I think Brun DMC sent in a stat today saying that he is second worst in the NFL in completion percentage, just ahead of EJ Manuel, who was announced he will get bit who he will get benched. It's funny that he's getting benched when the Bills are in first place in their division, tied for first place with the Dolphins and the Patriots, but first place nonetheless. And, you know, we're only a fourth of the way through the NFL season. But you can't tell me, and I, and I don't really like saying this that much, you can't tell me that the Bengals don't look like the best team in the NFL. You can make a case the Seahawks obviously look great. The Broncos, I think, look pretty good. You can't really make a huge case against the Broncos. I think Detroit looks pretty good, in my opinion. They're they're winning the North right now. No team worse than 500 in the North. That's that's impressive. But the Bengals have to be in the conversation with any of them. And so we'll we'll see what happens over the next four games, and, and we can maybe reevaluate things halfway through the NFL season. But it, it, to me, it hasn't even been that exciting of an NFL season. All the attention seems to be on negative things going on and not so much what's happening on the field. But even what's on the field hasn't been great. So hopefully over the next four games, when we get halfway through, that won't be the case. And we'll start moving on from all this negative attention off the off the field. I haven't been nearly into baseball this year as I was last year. If I had had this show during this time last year, we'd be talking a lot more baseball. Not that a lot of people listening care. Obviously, with my Red Sox having a very disappointing year, uh, I haven't mentioned a lot of it. It's funny, last year when Boston won the World Series, it was coming off a year where they finished last in the AL East and the the whole, their whole theme and song was Drake started from the bottom. And now the last year they were at the top and now they're back to the bottom. So I wonder what, if they were to, if they were to have a decent season next year, if, if they'd go back to that theme, maybe it can just be an every other year alternating theme. But we do have Oakland and Kansas City playing in the wild card game tonight. Winner moves on. Loser, their season's over. Tomorrow night, San Francisco and Pittsburgh. Not a lot of time really to talk about this, whether or not I like the new wild card setup. Obviously, they've been doing it for uh, a year now. I, a little hint, I, I don't like it. And you can at least give these teams three games for having a top five record in their division. in their league top five record in their league. Rather you can give them more than one game, uh, but it does make for entertaining baseball tonight and tomorrow tonight. It's the Oakland A's at Kansas city. First time Kansas city has been in the playoffs in my lifetime tomorrow night, San Francisco and Pittsburgh. 
I'll take John Lester and the Oakland A's to upset and break the hearts of Kansas City tonight, and that's what I'm hoping for. I'm a big John Lester fan. But we'll talk a little more about baseball and certainly football tomorrow. Thanks for listening here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll see you then. They say welcome to the 502. Take the Georgia boy, show him how Kentucky do. Oprah Priest.